Well, good morning, church. Let's come around the Word of God and open our time together with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to delve into the Word of God, to find out what it is you're saying to us in this hour. And Lord, help us to have open hearts to receive your Word. Help us to have ears that hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Fill my mouth, Lord, with your words. Anoint me to bring forth what you want me to speak today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as always, it's such a privilege to be able to bring the Word of God to you. And uh, I'm excited today what we're going to be talking about. So I've got it up here on the screen. The three knocks and I've put there the outpouring is here. So we're going to have a look at the three knocks in Scripture today and unpack that. I hope that you get a lot out of this. I know I certainly did as the Lord ministered it to me. All right, if you have your Bibles, why don't you open them this morning um, or your iPhone, whatever it is you might be using. We're going to start in the book of Acts, which I think is a wonderful place to start. So Acts chapter 2, 17 to 21, we're going to kick it off there. Let me just find that spot. So here we are. We love this uh, account in the book of Acts as the church is birthed and um, the Holy Spirit is poured out for the first time. And this is where we're going to pick up. So the disciples had been waiting in the upper room um, as Jesus had commanded them. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost and fills them. And people come rushing together outside, thousands of people, to find out what is going on up there. And Peter begins to preach. And so this is where we're going to start. He stands up and he begins to preach. And we're, we're looking at verse 17. And it, came to, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and pillows of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now I want to skip to the end of Peter's sermon that day uh, and the outcome of that sermon. So if we just skip over now to verse 36, Peter says this, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, that, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. 
Wow, this is exciting. Okay, Peter stands up and he takes a prophecy out of the book of Joel that was made hundreds and hundreds of years before this day. And he stands up and says, today this scripture has come to pass. This is what Joel prophesied about, that God would one day pour out his spirit on all flesh. And uh, it goes on then to say um, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter looks at them directly and he says, you crucified this Jesus. And they were cut to the heart. And they asked, what must we do to be saved? Repent, he said, and turn to Jesus for the remission of your sins, that you may be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, there was a promise. I, I want to go back to the wording, actually. Let me go right back to the start here. Um, I want to point out, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Interesting word, and I want us to keep that in mind. Pour out of my spirit on all flesh. This brings me, um, I'll just skip through again now, uh, to our first knock. Okay, the first knock that I want to look at in scripture today is actually the last one recorded in scripture. It's all the way in the book of Revelation. Many of you will know this scripture um, quite well. It's a very loved passage. But Revelation 3.20, and it's actually words written in red in my Bible, which means it's the words of Jesus. And it says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus is standing at the door of every heart, of every life, in every generation. And he's knocking. You see, it's a personal knock. This knock is the first knock that I want to address today. There is a call, a sense something going on and the call is of God he's knocking and he's saying will you allow me into your life will you allow me to come in this is our first knock now uh, on this point I want to actually have a look at um, another scripture that we're going to unpack together this knock that Jesus is doing on our hearts are we awakened to it? Are we aware of his desire to come and sup with us, to come and be with us? Are we hearing that knock? I want to come in. Will you let me in? He's a gentleman. He's knocking at the door of our hearts. Okay, so I want to have a look at Psalm 1. I thought it was really appropriate. Um, last Friday, we, we looked at Passover together and how God actually renamed um, and reset the calendar that that month that they were in would now be the first month for them. And I found it really um, appropriate that Psalm 1 being the first Psalm is a place that we're going to have a look at together today. Okay, Psalm 1. I love this Psalm. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates, or another word for that is he ponders day and night. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now, let's really look at this. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly if you want to be blessed. This is again that knock. The Lord is knocking. 
Are you going to choose to sit with the sinners, be scornful, be a mocker, or are you going to heed that knock, heed that call, and join in with what God really has for your life? All right, it says, this person who heeds the call, who opens the door, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. I love this. Isn't it good? Um, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Okay. But the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the congregation, uh, in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. All right. There's a beautiful analogy here of life coming and perishing for others. What is it that makes one person thrive, one person flourish? That is because they chose the path of the Lord. They opened their heart up to that knock of the Lord um, on their heart's door and they're beginning to thrive. I have just a little bit of an illustration I, I want to do here. I brought a, a pot plant with me and uh, this plant absolutely loves to receive water as most plants do and it thrives. It's also very slow growing. When I first got it, it only had two leaves. Now it's finally pushed out four and you can't see on the camera, but there's a, another big green shoot here that's going to shoot all the way up here and produce some beautiful flowers for me. Uh, but this plant loves water. Now remember I pointed out to you the phrase that God said he would pour out of his spirit on all flesh. That word pour out, guess what, means to pour out <laughs> like water. Okay, so that's a strange way of saying it, isn't it? That he's going to put his spirit, but in a form almost like water that can be poured out on all flesh. So I brought some water here today. You see, I can pour out water onto my plant and it receives it. It uses it and it begins to flourish. It begins to grow. This plant receives the water that's poured onto it and it grows and prospers. But if I was to pour this same water onto chaff, which this scripture just said, uh, I might actually go back one screen for us, wrong way. Okay, the ungodly are not so, but I like the chaff. So I've got some chaff here. Now, if I was to water this chaff, if I was to pour water on it, would it grow? Would it thrive? Would it flourish? The answer is no. The chaff would become wet, but it would not produce any life in it. The chaff is chaff, which the wind blows away. It has no life, no substance. And so this is what I find interesting with this first knock. The Holy Spirit is being poured out. There is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God across the entire earth. Every nation is coming under the outpouring of His Holy Spirit. But the difference is 
the receiver's heart. As the Holy Spirit is poured out, are you going to be like this plant who receives him, who receives the word of God and begins to thrive and grow and flourish? Or are you going to be like the chaff that will not take anything from that water, will not take any nourishment, will not grow, will not change, will not thrive? The choice is up to us. Jesus stands at the door knocking and are we going to receive him? Are we going to receive the Holy Spirit that he wants to pour out on us? Or are we going to reject him? Are we going to leave the door closed to our heart? That is the first knock. We're going to go on to the second knock. I might move this plant so that you can see the screen. Okay, move that one too. Very good. All right. What is the second knock that we want to look at in scripture today? Matthew 7, 7 to 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. The famous words of Jesus. Ask, seek, knock. But he puts it in a context uh, in the original Greek, it's not singular, it's plural. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. So this is the second knock that we're going to have a look at. It's a bit like in the mornings when I'm trying to deny that the sun is up and I hear that little knock on my door. The little head peeps in to see, is mummy awake yet? And there's someone eager for my company. You know, God is not offended when we knock on his door. When we come as his children and we knock and we seek him and we ask of him and we desire things from him, he's not offended, he's not put out, he's not looking at us and saying, oh, you again, what are you doing back today? Didn't we talk enough yesterday? No, remember that scripture we read in Revelation 3.20. Jesus stands at the door of your heart and knocks and says, I want to come in and sup with you. He wants to fellowship with us. And the second knock, which I want to encourage all believers in today, is don't be afraid to go to your heavenly father and knock on his door and ask and to, to seek him with all your heart. I love this picture. It is the picture of the open doors of heaven. You know, when you knock on God's door, he's not going to close it in your face. When you come with a genuine heart and you're seeking him, he will open the door to you and you can go in with him and you can have fellowship and you can find the comfort and the help you need uh, and the grace you need. And so it's awesome. He's inviting us, come in. Don't be afraid to ask, to seek, to knock. We're going to have a look at another scripture here in Isaiah 55. Again, one of my favorites. Uh, verses 6 to 11. And I'm just going to turn there. Okay, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts, capital M, God speaking, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, 
and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall, oops, sorry. And that's the end of that one. Okay, wanna bring out a few things here. Seek the Lord while he may be found. He is encouraging us across the world. Seek me, seek me. I believe that this pandemic that we're experiencing is a wake up call for us to seek the Lord while he may be found, while his mercy is there, while his call is there, while he's knocking at the door of our hearts. Let us seek the Lord. Another word that he said was return to the Lord. Some of us have walked with the Lord, but are no longer close in our relationship with him. He's calling you today, return to me, return to me with all your heart. I have something so special for you. Return to me, wake up. I believe this pandemic is a wake up call to say, return to the Lord, seek the Lord while he may be found. Let the wicked forsake his way. What does it promise? The Lord will have mercy on him. The Lord will have mercy on you if you turn and seek him. You know, I pondered, why is it that people do not want our precious Savior? Why would they not want a relationship with the God who created them? And as I was pondering it, I thought there's several reasons. One, there's pride. We don't like to admit that we're not okay. We don't like to admit that we've got faults or that we do things wrong or that maybe we need help. But you know what? Our pride is keeping us from the best life that we could imagine, abundant life, eternal life in Jesus Christ. Today, I urge you to lay down your pride and open your heart up to the Lord Jesus. He has a loving relationship he wants to form with you. He's not a dictator. He, he is the most amazing companion that you could ever hope to have. The Bible describes him as the good shepherd who gave his life for the sheep. Jesus is a wonderful saviour. And honestly, don't turn your heart away from him. Open your heart up to him. Another reason I think people don't want to uh, bow their knee to God is because they want to be the boss of their own life. They don't want to be told what to do. They're afraid that if they bow their knee to God, he's going to force them to do things they don't want to do. They'll have to give up all their pleasures, all the things they enjoy, that their life will be boring, a list of rules. You know, nothing could be further from the truth. It's like me putting uh, diesel in my petrol car and, and saying, well, I should be able to do whatever I want to do. I'm just going to you know, treat my car the way I think it should be treated. It's my car. And then wonder why my car is breaking down and it's not functioning. If we actually allow our creator to tell us how to live, it's because he created us and he knows the best way for us to live. It is the best life, not a list of rules. It is the best life when you choose to follow God and bow your knee to him. All right, you see God saying, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not 
your ways. Mine are so much higher. Whatever you could imagine for yourself, God has so much more, so much more in store for you in the loving relationship that he wants to enter into with you. I love verse 10 and 11. And uh, let me just go back to verse 10 there. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth. So let's bring the plant back up. Da, da, da. Here we are. All right. As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, they do not return there, but they water the earth. And what happens? It says it brings forth and buds that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. If we will receive God's word, it will do just what this water does for my plant. He says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. I want God's word to prosper in me, to grow me, to mature me, to help me blossom in him. And uh, I love that. We can be like trees planted by the living water. We can be like trees planted by God. Trees of righteousness planted by God to bring forth fruit in our season. When we allow his word to correct us, to enter our lives, to change us, when we allow his words in, he begins to bring forth in our life. They don't return to him void. This is the second knock. Seek the Lord. Enter into his presence and enjoy what he has for you. It is amazing. Okay, we're going to move on to the third knock in just a moment. Okay, the third knock. What is the third knock in scripture that I want to bring out today? This one's a lot more sobering than the first two. The first two are invitations to enter in. But this one, this one's concerning for me. Let's have a look at this. You know, just as there are three knocks in the Bible that we're looking at, there are two mentions of something being poured out on all flesh in Scripture as well. The first one we looked at was the Holy Spirit being poured out on all flesh. Everybody has the opportunity to turn to God and to receive from the Holy Spirit. But the first outpouring on all flesh is found in the book of Genesis. Now, I'm just going to read this for you because um, it was a little bit lengthy. Not too much, but you can turn there with me in your own Bibles if you want to. Genesis chapter 6, I'm going to have a look at verse 12 to 14. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Sorry. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. So God is talking about another outpouring that's going to come. He's instructing Noah to build an ark that he and the animals and his family would be safe. But this instruction was because there was another outpouring coming. And then we're going to have a look at verse 17. And behold, I myself am bringing flood waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh with, um, in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth will die, but Noah, I will establish my covenant 
with you and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, your sons' wives with you, and every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. So here we see floodwaters coming upon all flesh and it uses the same wording. Just as his spirit is poured out on all flesh, this event that occurred right back in Genesis was another outpouring. It was the outpouring of the wrath of God on all flesh who were disobedient and corrupt and violent and had rejected the Lord. They had rejected over and over and over again his way and even a relationship with him. They wanted nothing to do with the Lord. It said that only Noah and his family remained righteous in the earth. Wow, what a sad state, you know. Um, I want to look at this story in Luke 13, 22 to 27. And I might just turn there quickly. So let's have a look at this. Luke 13. All right. One more page, sorry. Okay. And he, Jesus, went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer you and say to you, I do not know you from where you are from. Okay, then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where you are from, depart from me, or you workers of iniquity. What a sobering story that Jesus is telling here. This is the third knock that I want to talk about. The knock on the door when it's shut and no longer open. You know, this is what happened in the times of Noah. I believe once that rain began to fall and the floodwaters began to come upon the earth, people probably rushed up to the ark and said, Noah, Noah, open the door. Quick, Noah, Noah, let me in. Please, Noah, I was wrong. You were right. I, I can see now my mistake. Can you open the door? But the Bible tells us that God shut the door and Noah couldn't open it. So they had already made their choice. What a sad state this uh, account is. The master of the house has risen up and shut the door. And these people are saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he says, but I don't know you. They said, oh, but we ate and drank in your presence. You know, we saw you here in our streets. You know, the thing was, I believe these people became really complacent. They knew about Jesus, but they had never entered into a relationship with Jesus. And all of a sudden, when things are going all wrong, uh, now when it's on their terms, they're knocking on the door saying, okay, okay, yeah, we want to come in now. Let's not wait till it's too late. You know, the Bible tells us now is the day of salvation and not to wait until tomorrow because none of us are promised tomorrow. 
We are only given this moment. This is the moment of salvation. And I find this other knock very sobering. Um, you know, I want to put something to you today. There are those three knocks. There's the knock of Jesus on the door of your heart, wanting to come and have a relationship. For those of you who have a relationship with Jesus, he's encouraging you to keep on knocking, keep seeking him, enter in deeper. There's so much more that he has for you. And then there's this third knock, the knock where they wish they had have responded sooner. I just want to leave you with these thoughts today. And I also want to take this moment uh, for those of you saying, hey, I don't want to wait till it's too late. I actually want to open the door of my heart now. I want to receive Jesus Christ now. I want to take a moment with you to pray with you and help you open that door of your heart to welcome Jesus in. You can actually um, click raise hand on the screen if you look up the top there in the corner and say, hey, this is me. I'm entering into this moment. And um, you can also go to next steps or connect with us and let us know of your decision. But let me just take this moment now with you. You know, the Bible says that coming to Jesus is as easy as ABC. A is admit that you're a sinner. Admit that you need a savior. You're not perfect and you can't save yourself. B is believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Believe on him. And believe on the work that he did for you on your behalf. Jesus died for your sins so that you could be washed clean before God. And C is commit. Commit your life to Jesus. Commit to being a follower of Jesus Christ. Leave your old life behind and embrace him with all your heart. If that's what you want to do today, then I'm going to pray. And I encourage you to pray these words after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for my sin. Wash me clean. Thank you for sending Jesus to be my Savior. I accept him today. I choose to live for you. For the rest of my life. I am your child. In Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Do you know the Bible tells us that the angels in heaven rejoice every time one lost person gets found. Every time one person makes that commitment. Opens the door of their heart and allows Jesus in. There is a celebration in heaven happening right now. Why don't we go ahead and give God some praise. Just where you are because he is drawing people to himself. Hey church, I pray that you will be abundantly blessed this week. Remember that there is an outpouring of God's spirit happening all around the world and we can be a part of what he's doing. I want to leave you with a prophetic word that the Lord gave me. Um, actually, we were in the church building right back in 2016. So this was the 18th of June, 2016. Um, there was just a few of us gathered there for a, a meeting, an encounter with God meeting that day. And we began to just seek the Lord. And I actually wrote down a, uh, a word that the Lord gave me that day. And, and I feel it's very relevant for us right now. This is what he, he said on the 18th of June, 2016. I'm pouring my spirit out on all flesh 
but I'm starting with my people. Amen. If you seek me, you will find me and be found by me. I am looking for hungry hearts to fill with myself. So great is the work that I am doing. So great is the work, says the Lord, that I will be glorified in it among all the nations. I will glorify the house of my glory and the glory of the latter will be greater than that of the former. But I will not pour my new wine into old wineskins, lest they be destroyed and consumed. That is the word that the Lord brought to me right back in, in June of 2016. And I, I was just led to it uh, amazingly. Uh, I'd forgotten all about it. But in preparing this message, I actually found an old notebook and I found that word and I went, wow. I do believe that God is pouring out his spirit in all flesh. He's looking for hungry hearts and now is the time to enter in. God bless you, church. Have an amazing week and we'll catch you soon. Thank you.